Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today we are chatting with Peggy Fitzsimmons all about where to start when it comes to decluttering. Peggy holds a PhD in counselling psychology from Arizona State University and has worked in the fields of counselling and healing for over 25 years. She's got a book out called Release, Create a Clutter-Free and Soul-Driven Life. And in that, she shares her vast knowledge and practical insights about decluttering with the readers who want to improve their lives by freeing themselves from clutter and living in alignment with their true soul nature. Welcome to the show, Peggy. It's great to have you. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Now, I want to know a little bit about you and your background. So can you tell us your story? Um, I just mentioned you've been working in the industry for 25 years. How how did you come to be working in the wellness industry? And then how at this point in your life did you find yourself writing a book about decluttering? Mm, well, I think I finally felt like I had something to say. Mm. Um I had a I've had a long background working with people. Uh, I started in the therapy world and did all kinds of different therapeutic um, experiences. I was in private practice. I was a wilderness therapist, taking kids out into the woods who were struggling with you know adolescent issues. Um, I worked with adolescent sexual offenders for a long time in residential treatment. So I'd really had a lot of experience in the psychological realms. And um, when I was about 36, I was, uh, I found out I was in premature menopause, which meant I couldn't have children. And that kind of kicked off a whole bunch of self growth. And um, I got a pretty clear message from from the universe at that time to, to go give birth to myself, so to speak. So Mm. I, um, yeah, so I went to live and work at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies in New York which is the nation's largest holistic learning center. And that opened up my whole world to kind of more matters of the spirit, so to speak. Um, And so, and then on the side, I always was interested in decluttering. I always, I was a friend who would like go come over to your house and be like, Hey Tara, do you want to clear out the garage? (laughs) You know, I just Mm -hmm. love to, I'm a Virgo, I think. So I had a beauty and order um, and kind of, always looking for what's essential and what the truth is um, and what keeps us from that. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I ended up coming to write the book because I started working in people's homes and um, saw so many things and experienced so much with people. It's really the deepest work you can do because you're with someone and everything is right there in front of you. There's nowhere to hide, so to speak. Mm. Um, so I really, um, I just loved doing the work and I felt like it was time to share what I had learned to help other people um, instead of hoarding what I knew and what I had, what, what I had learned. So that's how I came to write Release and, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I think is really interesting in your book is the, the, the spiritual aspect to it, which is different than a lot of decluttering books that are out there on the market a lot of them are very procedure-based uh, and that kind of thing. So the the spiritual element, I'm kind of curious about that. Were you, have you always been um, spiritually minded or is that something that, that you kind of was awakened in you when you went 
to the Institute and, and delved a bit deeper? Yeah, I, I think it was always in me. I think, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, working with the sex offender kids that I worked with. Mm-hmm. That was really an exercise in um, in spirituality because we were with people who were considered the lepers of society, right? Like, oh, sex mm-hmm. offenders, it's the worst possible thing, right? But our job was to be with them and to to love them and see beyond, you know, what they had done into who they really were as souls. And and I think that shaped me a lot. And then working in the wilderness, of course, being in nature at that level, um, that's a spiritual pursuit as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that just in all these experiences, I just kind of started to to see the difference between the soul and the ego, you know, these two aspects of ourselves. And I wanted to write an, an unapologetically spiritual take on decluttering because that's how I see it. And I think every book out there has value because you have to meet people where they are. You know, some mm. people aren't interested in spiritual things. Some people want the, just the technique. What do I do? How do I do it? You know, how do I clean this closet? How do I get my drawers in order? And there's plenty in my book that addresses that, right? The practical aspects, ways to operate, that sort of thing. But I think the more interesting thing for me is the bigger picture of how we've gotten to this cluttered place in the first place. Yeah, it, I like the way you put it. It's a, definitely a refreshing take on what is kind of, it's almost saturated in the market now, lots of people's thoughts on decluttering and how to declutter. Um, and I like that I like that your book comes at it from a, from a different standpoint or addresses multiple ideas within one within one book. So if if you could this is probably a really tough question but if you could summarize like the core message of your book into a couple of sentences what would they be? Do you think you could do it? I can try. <laughs> <laughs> um I think the core message is that that letting go is possible. You know, letting go and feeling more free is possible. Um but I think we have to understand the two aspects within each of us, the ego and the soul, um, in order to do that. Um, I feel that, and the book reflects it, our true soul nature is, is about presence. It's about peace. It's about contentment. It's about connection, collaboration, and letting go. And I think the ego aspect of us is a different part. And when that part of us is at the wheel of our lives, you know, in the driver's seat, Mm-hmm. We get oriented towards the opposite of the soul, you know, fear, feeling less than, conflict, competing, accumulating. So to me, clutter is the ego made visible. And um, my book, the core message is let's get our souls in the driver's seat here a little bit and see if we can keep only what's essential and, and live our lives as who we truly are. Mm, I like that. I really like the sound of that. So clutter is frequently thought of as just the excess stuff in our home, but we all we know it's more than that. We talk about the fact that it's more than that on this show. It can be things like um, other people in your life. It can be obligations or just the thoughts you have in your head. So in your experience, besides the physical stuff, what is the most common 
clutter you come across in your work with people? Is it emotional clutter or relationship clutter? What What's your experience of it? Um, I think that I think that all forms of clutter are connected, mm-hmm. um, and they're all they all come from the thinking of the the ego mind. So the ego is kind of the image we construct of ourselves, right? The the beliefs, the needs, the roles, the possessions that we identify with in the world. And our ego is concerned with self-preservation, success, survival. And its kind of theme song is, I am not enough, you are not enough, and there is not enough. So when we have that kind of a mindset, you know, we have certain thoughts, right? Our thoughts tend to be rooted in lack or separation, right? I'm not enough. You're not enough. There's not enough. That creates certain emotions, fear, shame. Um, Those emotions have certain energies with them, right? Resisting, striving, needing, wanting. Um, And that affects our relationships, right? Because now we're judging everybody. We're in disharmony. Um, We don't feel like we can accept people for who they are. Um, And then we tend to acquire things, right? Because we have to have more. We have to prove that we're good enough and that we're smart enough and we're successful enough. Um, So all these things are linked. So I think your question is kind of, they're all present all the time. Mm. And, um, And it's just a matter of when you're working with someone, when you're in someone's home, what's coming up to the forefront um, at that moment. But I think they're all there. Because they really do show up at different times for different people, don't they? You know, um, sometimes the physical clutter leads to the emotional clutter or sometimes it's the other way around. So Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've spent many a day sitting with someone, you know, as they're going through their bathroom cabinets, clearing out, old shampoos and (laughs) medications. Mm -hmm. And now they're sobbing on the floor because something reminded them about something else. You know, so there's an emotional linkage. Um, I think the most interesting form of clutter right now that I'm noticing is kind of the energetic clutter of things. So I think people are, I think they feel it in their homes. It's just too much, right? Mm -hmm. Too much stuff, too much, busyness, too much overwhelm, um, too many things in one room, too many things in the closet. Um, And then I think that energetic clutter also shows up in the pacing of people's lives. You know, people are feeling overwhelmed, inundated with information and Netflix shows and and podcasts, no offense, and um, (laughs) all these kinds of things. Um, so we're in physical environments that are draining or overwhelming or chaotic and and our lives, like there's no space between the notes. I always say that like music, what makes music beautiful is the space between the notes. Mm. And for many people, they live with just note, 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 right? Just scrambling, taking care of everything and not pausing. And I've getting- never thought of it in terms of music before. I quite often... I have thought of clutter and this energetic clutter in terms of art and the fact that you need white space or negative space around a piece of art so that you can truly appreciate it because if you have, you know, all these works of art in whatever form all bumped up next to each other um, with no 
blank space or white space or vacant space to next to them um, in which to contemplate them, you know, um, like a juxtaposition. You can't, you can't fully appreciate the art without the white space. But I've that's never right. thought about it in terms of music before. That's, that's a really fascinating insight. I love it. Oh, I love it. Well, the, I think your art reference is exactly right. And I've, I've been in many people's homes where we'll clear some things out, you know, begin to move things around. And all of a sudden, a, a fantastic art piece is like, oh, I didn't even see that. Or a window, you know, beautiful window seat out to the trees, and it's like covered with a bunch of stuff all over it. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, this is refuge right here. This is beauty right here. So I think you're right. And um, I'm glad you like the music thing. I find with clients, it's very helpful to them because they can see it and they can feel it. Mm. Um, and that's, it's all about feeling, you know, it's about f- getting honest about how your environments feel. Absolutely. One thing that I would really like to chat to you about in more detail is the notion of where to start. So it's coming up to the new year. People are starting to set goals around they, what they want the new year maybe to look like or feel like. They might have reassessed during the pandemic. They might have felt overwhelmed by stuff or by obligation during the holiday season or they might have just decided that this year, 2022, is the year where they start to simplify their life. From your opinion, Peggy, is there a best place to start when it comes to decluttering? Uh, yes. I think for the way I interpret the work is that the best place to start is to, one, remember who you are, that you are a soul first and foremost, that you are eternal and wise and loving and your soul knows peace and joy and gratitude, and, and your soul is free and unattached, right, but very connected. And we have to remember who we are first and foremost because we are here temporarily. We are souls in human bodies. We're here temporarily. And the only thing we're here for is to, to serve our love to the world, to share our love in our unique ways. You're doing it through this podcast. I've done it through writing this book. So that's like the big picture. And and I think people are beginning to feel that, right? I think there's a consciousness shift happening in our culture. I think part of what's happening through all this COVID times and everything that's been going on is that we are in the birth canal of a new consciousness and, and the labor pains are difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're being asked to remember who we are and release some of this ego-based identification that everyone's doing. So that's a big philosophical, you know, perspective. But from there, we also then can say, okay, if this is who I really am, and I really want to be with who I really am, then what is my soul longing for right now? It's coming into 2022. Who do I want to be in 2022? How do I want to live? How do I want my spaces to feel? How do I want my relationships to be? You know, these are the big questions that come up in a new year. Um, so the first place to start is to ask yourself, what is my soul longing for right now? And if you do that, you will get an answer. It might, you know, you might hear something like, oh, I just want to feel more space. I want to feel more freedom. I want to do my art again. I want to lay down my grief and live again. 
I want to have more efficiency and ease in my home. I want to spend more time loving and being with my kids with presence. Right? These are all examples of what the soul might be longing for. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So basically you are meeting yourself where you're at. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is that you need to discover what that that big need is for you right now. And I think I think that makes sense because it's very easy to say, and look, I have been guilty of this as well when people have said, oh, look, I want to simplify, where do I start? And for me, I always direct people to small physical tasks. Declutter your your purse or your wallet. Um, Declutter your kitchen drawers, you know, like something small, tangible. But because I'm very... I'm driven by tick boxes and achievement that for me, they're like little wins on the board and they propel you forward. But what I am hearing you say is that whatever is calling you right now to make the change, that is the best place to start. And I, I'm assuming that's because that's where you're going to feel greatest momentum and motivation because that's what's speaking to you now. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. And there's a little, I'll add a little bit more to it. And I think I just want to say that your, um, you know, kind of start right here and do something small that, you know, gets you going. I think that's absolutely true as well. I mean, for sure. Um, but I think people tend to approach clutter and they, they feel like they have this big giant clutter problem. Oh my God, how do I fix it? Where do I start? It's too much. I can't even begin right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've experienced that with people. But the way I see it is that if if you know where your soul wants to go, if you know what's calling you inside, you know, the feeling that wants to happen, the, the focus that wants to happen, from there, you kind of, you hold that. And then you don't have to worry about fixing your clutter problem or forcing yourself to get rid of things. Because the things that aren't essential, that don't match that kind of soul intention, right? That soul longing, it'll show itself. You'll see it. And then it'll be more easy to release because it'll be very clearly out of alignment. Um, If you want more peace and presence in your life and you walk into your uh, master bedroom and there's clothes all over and the closet's jammed and there's boxes piled up from the move you did six months ago, you know, those things do not contribute to peace and presence. So you'll have that, you know, more of a natural impulse to say, oh, wait, this is not an alignment. Let me, let me work here for a minute and bring it to more alignment. Do you think people have to get that image of themselves and the life they want pretty clear before they start? Do you think it's important to have that nailed down to some extent so that then they can refer back to that when they when they come up to a full schedule or a overflowing closet they're really clear about whether it meets that image or not do you think they need to have that image crystal clear um i think you have to start with some kind of an image you have to tell you have to tell the truth to yourself right like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, my life is great and this part uh, not so great like this doesn't feel right i'm not in alignment with myself and and i think when you do that things begin to let go of you. You know, that's why I was called decluttering a release party. (laughs) It's kind of like, Mm. um, but as you 
it's not that you're, you know, totally like you have to stick with this exact thing. It's just a starting point. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want more peace and presence in your life or you want to do your art again, well, then you have to release the things in your life that don't contribute to that. Um, and, and as you release things, as you know, then your energy changes, right? Things, mm-hmm. new insights come in. You feel differently. Then the next thing unfolds. So it's this ongoing process. I mean, decluttering is a, a lifelong process, and I think that's really another important thing for people to understand. You don't just do it once. Mm. We, we'd, like, we'd like it to be that way. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're all hoping for, that we do it really well once, and then it just stays that way. Yeah, but that, I mean, and that's, that's fine. That can happen in some physical aspects of the house. Certainly that does happen. But, um, but I think it's, a, it's more fun to think of it like a journey of like, wow, who am I this moment? Who am I right now? What gets to come along with me? What gets to be here for this next chapter of my life? You know, this next upcoming year, 2022. Mm-hmm. What no longer serves? And, 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 and what helps me serve my love to the world? Because if it helps me serve my love to the world, then there's a place for it in my life. Mm, I like that. I like that question. Mm-hmm. How does it serve me or how does it help me serve others? Mm-hmm. So do you think then in your experience, is it do people find it easier to declutter mentally or physically? Like what in your experience is the harder work to do? Um, I think the hardest, always hardest place we can work is in our own minds mm-hmm. because because we have this ego mind aspect of ourselves that is constantly telling us lies <laughs> mm-hmm. and constantly keeping us in the past and then springing into the future, right? Mm-hmm. What if, what if I need this, what's going to happen tomorrow? And then back to the past, right? This happened. I'm regretful. I'm guilty. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have bought this. I mean, on and on and on. It just, the, the, our minds just travel all over the place, all the time, and mostly just spewing things about that theme I talked about before. You know, mm-hmm. somehow I'm not enough, you're not enough, and there's not enough. But I think that when we get into our right mind, which is what I'm suggesting with this idea of kind of checking in with what your soul is longing for, that's putting you into a different state of mind, a broader, bigger knowing that you have. Mm-hmm. And so, with that aspect of yourself at the wheel, you can kind of you can kind of catch your ego operating. And I mean, it's a, this is a very big topic and um, my whole book is about this. So there's a lot of information in the book that can kind of help someone who's listening and getting curious because um, <clears throat> it's actually, there's actually very practical steps about learning how to be present and, you know, using mindfulness, the idea of watching yourself in action, you know, watching your thoughts, um, observing your feelings, your energies, your relationships, your ways of relating, all these kinds of things, you know, staying present to what's happening and watching it in your life. Um, that's all part of, of how to do it. And, and also, I think that in, in my book, I have a lot of questions that I use with clients um, that help them kind of have that soul longing in mind and then ask questions about, you know, the 
the object or the thought or the feeling and if it still has a place in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can talk about those if you want. But Yeah. Do you, are you happy to share a few of those those questions with us that yeah, absolutely. someone might ask themselves as they're going through the process? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, the, the first question is if you come up with something that your soul is longing for in 2022, the first thing you can do is ask about everything in your life. You know, does it contribute to what my soul is longing for right now? So that's a that's the first question. And mm-hmm. and as you go through your physical spaces and your garage <laughs> and the cupboard under the lawn, uh, the sink, and all these places that we mm-hmm. hide things, <clears throat> you'll see things that contribute to how you want to live and things that don't. So that's the broad question. Um, but some of the other ones are, are kind of basic. Like, for instance, is it beautiful? Right? Is it beautiful to you? Now, that can be tricky, right? Someone might say, well, yes, that's a beautiful abstract painting. But if you prefer realist paintings, that might not be beautiful to you. And so it might not belong with you anymore. It might belong with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask, is it useful? You know, is this thought, feeling, object uh, is it useful in my life right now? So you might say, well, those ski poles I have in the garage are very useful, but I don't ski anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So is it useful to me right now? Is it useful to what I want to be doing in my life right now? What I am doing in my life right now? And and, and the, a big question I always ask is, does this thing love me back? Right? Mm. It's a big thing. People walk through their house and they kind of go, yeah, you know, it's all right. Uh, oh, I hate that picture. My my father-in-law gave it to me. Ugh, it just makes me cringe every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's that idea of is it with me or is it against me? And I think about yeah. those things with even aspects of like cleaning. I remember, you know, beautiful ornaments that I've had that totally would tick the is it beautiful box. But then when it comes time to clean it, it's like, Ugh, the time to dust and it's so intricate and I hate the way it looks when it's dusty but I hate having to dust it and I'm like so when I you know simplify is this thing with me or against me it's against me because because it's it doesn't give me a return on my investment the time I put into it it's not clean enough for long enough Uh (laughs) so it's not beautiful to me for long enough to warrant the effort and so it's like no it's against me so you know it can be long but I love um, that yeah those those questions which can be really simple like um but have have power especially if you repeat them over and over and it becomes almost uh like a natural or integral part of your thought process then when you're I find even when I'm out if I'm shopping and I see things it's like will this be with me or against me oh yeah I'm pretty sure this will be with me it could come home and when people just reframe the way they look at things not just physical stuff but you know even commitments when someone asks you to be president of the you know PTA at school or something you go okay right is this with me is this coming along on this journey for the way I want my life to be in 2022 is this the kind of thing I wanted to add more of or is this the kind of thing I wanted to step away from to create more space that's right. And so you can, you know, enter interactions, enter, you know, um, spaces where you might be acquiring things um, with those questions front of mind. But I think it's really handy to have them 
identified because otherwise there's there's too much emotion, there's too much feeling about things when you see them. Um, like this cost me a lot or I've put a lot of time into this already or I feel obligated or I feel guilt. Um, when you've got all that swirling around you, to pin it down to, okay, do I keep it or do I let it go can be really hard. But when you reframe it into is it serving me or am I serving it? Yeah, it yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it kind of clarifies, it. doesn't it? Yeah, and I think another one I always ask people over and over, I, I just – I, this question is, um, does it have a sacred place to live? And and the reason I say that is because of all the things in this world, you've chosen this particular thing, right, to fill your, your spaces. Mm-hmm. So whether it's an ornament or whatever it is, physical, or even this relationship, you know, this friendship, this um, this emotion, right? It's like, does it really have a sacred place to live? And and if I've chosen it, it deserves that. Mm. It's automatically sacred. You know, you've chosen something to live in your house. Well, then why is it shoved in a broken down box in the basement? Yeah. Right? Or why is it in the back of your closet all dusty? Mm-hmm. And why are, you, why are your things being held, you know, disrespectfully to them you know like the your spaces are dirty or you know the drawers are filthy and and some of that's just living life it's difficult to keep up with everything but in my experience you know the less less is more that way the less you have the lesser is to keep up with and Mm -hmm. and to your point it is about making very conscious choices of like does this thing really is it with me or against me as you're saying I mean I like Mm -hmm. that frame so when people are doing the work um, emotionally or physically to simplify, it's pretty easy and very common for people to hit the wall or start butting up against some resistance once they're into the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel overwhelmed or bogged down and motivation, you know, slips away pretty quickly. So where do you think that resistance come from? Why do we always start strong with decluttering and then hit the wall and feel like it's all too hard? Um, because I think our ego takes back the wheel mm-hmm. and our ego wants to keep us in what's familiar. And even if something is very uncomfortable, if it's familiar, we'll tend to go back towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think we, that's kind of a, a wired in part of things. People get motivated, they get excited, they get started. And then it's just like dieting, right? Or exercise routines or anything else any try, any kind of habit we try to create we have this kind of adversarial aspect of us that is 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 trying to keep us stuck um, mm. but our true nature is about flowing and movement and freedom so i just feel like that's that's just part of the process of decluttering and if you get stuck if you come up against that resistance um, you don't want to meet resistance with resistance. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you just want to trust it and know that um, in in the right timing, you will go to the next place and you might need some help getting back on board. You might need to do kind of what you suggested earlier, just focus on one small thing, right? Just do a drawer, you know, 
Don't worry about the big family heirlooms that you can't quite deal with yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just get the bathroom in shape kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, would that be your strategy then to kind of reinvigorate yourself if you're feeling exhausted by the whole process of decluttering to find a small a small win? Or do you think there's more power in setting a new goal or getting someone else involved? What What do you suggest to people if they need to be reinvigorated on their journey to simplifying yeah i i think i think we have to remember to trust yourself and to and to ask for what you need so Mm -hmm. the reason i wrote my book was because i wanted i wanted to create something that could be company for people on this journey of decluttering um i'm not going to go into every single person's house and help them right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just not possible and i think People who have a lot of clutter, um, clutter is representation of fear and often of terror um, of the ego mind. And so you have to understand that, that when you're dealing with clutter, if you have a lot of clutter, that there's fear underneath that. And so we always want to treat that fear with gentleness and, and not force you know, you can't yell at a flower to bloom, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can give it sunlight and water. You know, you can ask a friend to help or find a professional to help or listen to something inspiring that gets you back going again. Um, so we have to kind of take care of ourselves that way. Mm-hmm. And we also have to feel into what happens when we actually do it, when we actually declutter a drawer or or clear out a relationship that's not working. Sometimes we get that, that stagnant energy moves now. Right. So there's Mm -hmm. like a whoosh, there's a whoosh of like freedom and motivation. Um, and I think that's always what you're looking for decluttering. You're looking for lightness and fun. Um, you're looking to think of it as a release party. It's, it's you coming back to your true self. I mean, what could be more important or exciting than that? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I have one last question for you, Peggy. Uh, there any practices that you recommend to turn, you know, we, we mentioned before about it being a lifelong process. Are there any practices that you suggest people take up to turn these short goals or, you know, um, aspirations for the new year to, to simplify their life? Are there any ideas on how they can turn them into a long-term habit? Um, to either maintain their clutter-free state or to continue on the journey? Well, I think I think we have to remember that we're always on the journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think there's lots of ways to declutter. I mean, there's, you could read a million books and there's all kinds of ways, you know. And so I think it's fun to experiment and to have fun with it. So, for instance, if you're a person who likes routine, you might, tie decluttering into an already existing routine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I get up in the morning, I, I make my coffee, and as a practice, I, instead of sitting and meditating or writing in my journal or getting distracted by the latest news, <laughs> mm-hmm. I take 15 minutes and I go towards whatever area of the house is calling me and I clear something out, release something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can do it that way, like making it a, a daily kind of practice. Um, you could 
you could say, okay, once a month, I'm going to take a day and just clean out something big. You know, you can make routines for yourself. Um, that's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's just about keeping the spirit alive of, of like, wow, you know, how do I want to live? Where do I want to put my energy and time while I'm on this planet? Um, mm -hmm. Do I really want to keep accumulating things? Do I really want to um, take in more and, and forget to release and forget about the people who have nothing? I mean, right? We're all kind of, we have this collective um, hypnosis, right? That we have to gather and have and hold on to things. Mm -hmm. um, so I think finding a motivation within you of like, oh, all right, I've got enough. I've got enough. Let me see what I can share. Those are things that motivate people sometimes. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Yeah, absolutely. Well. I think I think holding on to that, you know, at the start you said figure out your your what your soul is calling you to do and and understand your why, understand your reason. And I guess what you're saying then, which is just a perfect bookend, is that to keep that going long term is remember that why. Remember what got you to that place in the first the first place, what motivated you to start. Um, and don't lose sight of that vision. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you need the practical application of that as well, as in, you know, putting it in your routine or your schedule weekly or monthly or whatever to turn it into a long-term habit or turn the practice into something that's more regular, then, then use practical tools for that as well. But Yeah, it's, it's, there's, a, there's spiritual tools and practical tools and, you know, I tried to cover as much as I could of that within my book, like weaving them together, because I think that helps people who are approaching clutter from different angles. Um, but th the biggest thing we have to say to ourselves is, you know, how am I, how am I showing up on this earth? And how am I being true to my soul? And, and where am I getting stuck? And, and where am I ready to release? <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest question of all, right? Like, mm -hmm. wow. What is ready to release? Because we have lots of things that are ready to release, the whole culture and, and all of us as individuals. Yeah, it's a perfect way to end the show really because it kind of um, makes you ponder, makes you feel a bit introspective. But before we leave people with that thought, I would love to get more details on you because I'm sure people will want to find you and know more. So where can we get a hold of you? online and can you just remind us what your book is called so that we can look for that too yes so my book is called uh, release create a clutter-free and soul-driven life uh, the book can be found on amazon um, it's also it's in kindle form paperback and i also uh, released the audiobook version recently so, so i know a lot of people like to listen to the audiobooks so i'm excited about that mm -hmm. um I have a website, PeggyFitzsimmons.com, and on that website for people who can't afford a book or just want to learn more, there's all kinds of um, podcasts I've done, um, articles I've done for different um, publications, and uh, a way to connect with me if you want to individually. Um, so all that's on the website, and um, I would encourage people to go there. And, and I understand not everybody can afford a book, right? So like just go go find whatever you need on the website if that's the case mm, um, absolutely yeah 
Yeah, well, I will make sure that we have a link to the book and a link to the website in the show notes to make it really easy for people to come and find you. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. It's been really valuable. Oh, thank you for having me and thanks for the work you're doing out there to, to get people more free. No worries. Thank you, Peggy. And we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. Mm-hmm.